0: Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 38-year-old from Elmira, Ontario. He is part of the best age group in Woolwich Township history. An eighth round draft pick of the Buffalo Sabres. He played for Canada in under 18s. He's played 815 regular season NHL games and 55 playoff games. So I don't know how many you're supposed to say, because I never played one in the NHL. Um, He's an OHL first team all-star, an AHL all-star, an NHL all-star with the Washington Capitals in 2011-12. He had 56 points for the Calgary Flames in 2014-15. Dennis Weidman, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wally. That was a pretty good intro, man. That makes me feel pretty good about myself. Thanks. I, that is the biggest tire pump I can give you right there. That is <laughs> what the episode's all about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I know like you threw in the best team in uh
1: Woolwich history or whatever.
0: <laughs> well, I guess um the actually the first thing I do cover is how we know each other, and that is, is part of it, is the best age group in Woolwich Township history, is because The 1983 age group in Elmira, Ontario, or Woolwich, of the surrounding towns, um, had yourself, myself, and also Rodney Bauman, who played in the OHL, Adam Hogg, who played in the Central League and had a D1 scholarship, as well as Andrew Lackner, had a D1 scholarship and played in the Central League. That's quite an age group. That's not a bad team. You know, we could have we
1: really done something special if you didn't sell it and go play AAA early.
0: Um, <laughs> 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 uh, we won two years in a row, OMHA, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, and and uh, you left and went to Waterloo. You know what? It, you're right. It could have been the greatest dynasty of all time. I didn't realize I was that important. I thought you guys could do it without me because you and Rodney were literally two times the size of me. Well, we we won
1: one more after you left, I think, didn't
0: we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. And
1: then it all fell apart.
0: <laughs> no, because then you came to Guelph with me. <laughs> well, I met you in Guelph after you, Waterloo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that's also how we know each other is that uh, – my old man was our, uh, I get, what would he, he was the head coach of the, one of those OMHA championship teams, right? He was a coach. I can't, was he the head coach? Well, what he told was, me... was Earl Boyer the head coach? Oh, I don't think Earl was, uh, <laughs> but I got a question. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, my old man actually wanted me to ask you if you remember the time he picked you up my house. Yeah. And he said there was a wild animal in the trunk or something. Yes,
1: I remember. Of course I remember. Ron was in the car too, wasn't he?
0: Well, you, you, yeah, you'll have to tell that story, I guess. Who's telling me or you? You, I, you. I'm telling it? Yeah.
1: Okay. So you, Ron and your dad came and picked me up at my house. I don't even know what his reason was for coming to pick me up, but he said that, what'd he say? He said there was a wild animal, oh yeah, he said there was a wild animal in the trunk and he needed a place to let it go. So he's like, where should we stop? Or like, what, what should we do? Where should we go? Where should we pull over? I got, I got this thing in the trunk. I got to let it up. I don't even know what it was. Maybe he said it was a coon or something. I'm not sure. And then I'm like, oh, here's good. Let's just do that here. So we got out. We're, like, we're on New Jerusalem Road, I think, like just beside the bush then he popped the trunk open and we what would we, we had our jerseys in the trunk with uh captain and assistant captains on it yeah that in that's the how for the, tr- yeah. that the the captain and assistant captains of our
0: minor or major adam team yeah <laughs> yeah no i'd already sold out by major adam i think it was novice <laughs> was it novice <laughs> yeah major yeah. Novice or
1: whatever it was?
0: yeah so yeah so my he must have been the head coach if he's doing that right? Yeah, so I think he was a head coach. Yeah, he was definitely... Yeah. Yeah. And then, he, had,
1: was, he had Ray Cooks the one year, too.
0: I never did play for Ray. Yeah, oh, that was the year you left.
1: That must have been minor Adam.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay. So then another... Well, there's a lot of reasons how we know each other. So we, we played minor hockey together, um, and we'll get into when our paths split during your minor hockey career there. But, like, you also trained me after Western Michigan and hanging out with stretch and Yahtzee and Daryl and those guys. Um, and then I'm getting, I was on like the AHL deal with Syracuse and you, uh, helped me lose some weight that summer.
1: That was the best you ever looked.
0: I had a six pack. Yeah. You were actually really in shape. And then,
1: then you told me after the year that it didn't go well because you were too light in the corners. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to Germany. I'm too light. I was too light in the corners. Couldn't make it work.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, They told me I I was too fat. So then I got skinny, and then they told me I had to put on fifteen pounds of muscle. And I was like, Oh, I can't keep up. This is too much. You want me yeah. skinny? You want me heavy? What do you want? <laughs> I was getting some real uh, body uh, mental health issues there. (laughs) Uh, But you did not trade me. And I remember you were like having a second wife. You'd always be yelling at me to stop cheating and sit down on the bike and not stand up. And I'd never even heard of any of this stuff. Yeah. It was,
1: it was a fun summer.
0: We did have a lot of fun. And then uh, realistically for the training, you started living other places and I, yeah, we just haven't, done it since but that was a fun summer so then also you were in my wedding party back in 2009 I, right that yep that math adds up 2009 um and also you that same summer were kind enough to let me host a bachelor party at your cottage when you were still playing hockey and we're not there uh, don't that think that was the
1: last time I did that
0: Right. I remember you asking me a few questions and me not having the answers for you. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I guess we should move on from that. Um, Well, 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 it wasn't bad. It was just a few holes
1: in the wall. It wasn't a big deal. I was, I renovated it anyways. It's all good.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like when we built you a deck and then you just took that deck off and built the other deck, like a a hole in the wall (laughs) is nothing around there.
1: But I built the deck too.
0: <laughs> I was there. That was a great week too. Okay, where? Um, so the other w- reasons we know each other, I'm gonna save this for the Lackner episode, but is pitcher, batter, catcher, <laughs> our annual tournaments there for a while. But we're not gonna get into that today because you have a yeah. lot to talk about. Also, we used to attend a country concert in Ohio annually and um, really act um, inappropriately for a few days. Um, that's really, I have, that's all, a lot of things, how we know each other, eh? Yeah. I mean, the country concert, I don't think we were that
1: inappropriate.
0: No, we were just having fun.
1: Yeah. There was a lot more stuff that was going on there that we were not involved in.
0: That's true. No, we were just having fun. Uh, you're right. That's right. Yeah. We were always having fun, just like pitcher, batter, catcher. <laughs> and yeah, like just like at the bachelor party at your cottage that you were not at.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. So the next question is, where are you now? Where am I now? I'm in Waterloo. Uh, We
1: bought, we bought a house here in 2012. Uh, We've been here since then. And uh, yeah, so I'm coaching the Kitchener Rangers junior hockey team here in in Kitchener and uh, living
0: in Waterloo and raising some kids and, you know, doing the thing. How, how many kids? Three. Three kids, and then so the Kitchener Rangers. You're coaching them. Are they going to play this year? Do you think? Um. Uh, well, I mean, you hear rumors both ways. I'm kind of thinking we'll probably get some games in. I'm not
1: sure when or how many, but I'm hoping for the kids, the, the players' sake, that we get some games in. I think we might, but we'll see. So you guys have been practicing as a team. No, no, we can't do that. No, so we haven't done anything. The guys, those players have been on their own since March, whenever we got, whenever the league got shut down last year. We're not allowed to do any, any stuff like that because what, we'll, well, if we run practices, we got to bring them here. And then it's like, then we're kind of responsible for all of the health and safety and probably have to pay the players and give them place to stay, do all that stuff. So it's just, they stay at home with their trainers and their parents and do whatever they're doing, wherever they're, wherever they're from.
0: Wow. That's gotta be
1: difficult for those guys. I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine practicing and working out for over <laughs> a year straight without playing a game?
0: I think me myself and yourself both know the answer to that.
1: It would have we... <laughs> been a tough stretch for me.
0: <laughs> I I was never really a practice player to begin with.
1: Yeah. I didn't, it, it didn't, that didn't go well for me either. <laughs>
0: Must have been the
1: 1983 uh birth year for Wallace.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe it was the practice habits that uh, Ronald was <laughs> implementing, yeah. eh? Bad habits on that. Yeah. <laughs> started at a young age. <laughs> um okay. So three kids in Waterloo. You still got the place in uh the cottage though <clears throat> that's yep. been renovated, right? Yeah, quite quite the spot. That was a heck of a purchase. I remember back when you purchased that. That was a Pretty exciting time, even for us at that age, for us to all get to go up there and hang out. It was a, it was a lot of fun we've had up there, eh? We had a lot of fun
1: at the cottage. That's, uh, yeah. Talk about doing some things we probably shouldn't have done that place. Uh...
0: Well, you really let them know you moved into the neighborhood, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't get kicked out of there. I'm surprised
0: on. they actually, like, literally didn't make you, like, sell the house, like, or burn it down.
1: I guess. I guess they I, just waited us out. Now we're all. Now it's all calm and quiet. It's
0: just kids. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Now you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I guess um, how we start this then is that's all that, and uh, now it's your minor hockey journey, which we've already talked about, Woolwich. Um, but uh, I guess. We did used to carpool quite a bit to Guelph and we also played for a team called the Armadillos. Remember them?
1: The Armadillos. What a time that was. With uh, Mr. Radunsky.
0: Bob Radunsky. Yeah. His son, Brock, he played in uh, Asia for like a decade, man. He plays for South Korea in the Olympics. Yeah, I did hear that.
1: That's pretty impressive. He went to, what did he go to Michigan state or something?
0: Yeah. I played against him there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then he went and played in Asia. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was good. That was uh,
1: yeah, a couple summers, you know, you know who has a cottage right beside uh, mine up there, like three cottages down.
0: Yes, I do. Hey. Cause I saw him at a skate in Cambridge, oh, Bailey, Bailey,
1: Nick Bailey. his yep. family's cottages there. So I see him every once in a while. And he's the doctor for the, one of the doctors for the Rangers too. So I see him around. Anyways, that's one of the armadillo guys, but we're getting a little bit off topic. But uh, yeah, we played a couple of summers with. Did you play two years or one year
0: with the Armadillos? Oh, more than one for sure. At least two. Was I, it two or three? We played with them. I, I, yeah. Well, however long they existed, I I was on the team. I'm pretty sure. So it was every year. A little spring hockey tournament. It was fun. Well, we go in all those Triple A tournaments downtown Toronto, eh? And that that was when we were playing against like the best kids in the world, really, at that age group, or in North America, I guess. Everybody's going to those tournaments, right? Yeah, like,
1: like all the Detroit teams were there. It was just basically the And
0: the Marl- Marlboros and the Red Wings. and.
1: Yeah, but that's the- just Toronto. I wouldn't say that Toronto's the world.
0: No, not the world. Like I'm saying, I guess, yeah, you're right. Toronto, God, I'm way off, eh? Holy moly, don't make fun of me. I'm off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was it was the all-star teams from oh.
1: the NHL and, and, uh, and then usually Compuware, Little Caesars, Um, and Honeybake usually sent teams to.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay. Not the world. There you go. That little hub. (laughs) Did did we ever, did we ever win anything? No, but we competed. Yeah. We were there, right? Yeah. We were there
1: (laughs) with, with, uh, freaking armadillos on our, on our jerseys.
0: We're playing against the freaking Detroit red or the Toronto red wings. And we got armadillos on our jerseys. Um, so I guess then, uh, other than that A team that we played together is we used to always carpool with Lackner and Hogg to Guelph or at least for a year or I don't know how long you were a part of that because you our paths. Were... I never played
1: with Lackner and Hogg in Guelph.
0: Is that right? Okay.
1: I played, I think I played one year with you. Is then, it only
0: one? And then you played up.
1: And then I went up to Bantam and then I went to the Sugar Kings.
0: Yeah. So I thought we played more than one year together in Guelph. Well, I played minor Pee wee and right. major Pee wee, I think, and bantam. So I guess we didn't play together that much in Guelph.
1: No, I think it was just the one year. I think did you go Did you go to the Quebec uh, hockey tournament?
0: I don't want to talk about it.
1: Quebec? What happened?
0: That was the oh. year I decided to go back home. Oh yeah,
1: you went back. <laughs> yeah, we <played.
0: laughs> Stop talking about together
1: it. In Guelph, and then <laughs> you went back to play Woolwich in Major B because you had guilt from early. And uh, then we went to the Quebec team, the Quebec tournament that year, and then I jumped and played Major Banner and then went and played the Sugar Kings after that. So we only played one year in Guelph.
0: Yeah, you just cut out there really bad. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, then you started playing up Triple A, and then you make the Sugar Kings a year before me. So then um, you have a pretty good year and you're drafted like high to Sudbury. But what I actually wanted to discuss before we get into all the other stuff is uh, when you were in Sudbury, I wouldn't really consider you that much of a pro. You didn't act like much of a pro when you'd come home. But then when you got traded to London, when I'd see you in the summers and we'd hang out, you were like a different type of hockey player. You were like serious all of a sudden.
1: What's the question? What
0: happened? No, like it is like, how, is that a big deal? Was get it going from Sudbury to London?
1: Um, well, I think, yeah, I think a little bit, but I also probably think I was just older. Right. I mean, Sudbury was my first year, a bit of a mess up there. Um, and then I went to London and Dale Hunter and Mark Hunter were the coaches. So they definitely were a lot more strict than, You know, and they kind of showed me what it was like to be a pro. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I think I was trying to grow up a little bit. I still never really thought that I was going to play in the NHL or whatever. I just started to get into shape a little bit, I think.
0: Mm, Okay. Because I just remember you being like, you were a pretty chubby kid, you know? I was pretty chubby all the way through. I was
1: playing in junior at like, until my last year, maybe I was like two ten. I was probably ten pounds heavier in junior than when I played NHL. At.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I was always a skinny kid. Then all of a sudden, we flipped. Eh?
1: <laughs> I was a hefty fella
0: when I was playing junior stuff. Um. So, but you were drafted to Buffalo. So, what year did that happen?
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, it wasn't my draft year. It was the year after my draft year. So my, in my actual draft year, I didn't get drafted. And then the year after that, so I would have been what 18 or 19, I got drafted to Buffalo. So whatever, whatever year I was 19 at, I can't do that
0: math. So gotcha. Um, Do you think you're in London or were you in Sudbury?
1: No, I was definitely in London.
0: Yeah, because I got traded to, I got traded from Sudbury to London in my NHL draft year. Um, I, I would, will never forget. I was playing for the sugar Kings. Um, so it was really hard for me to tell, uh, like for me, how good you were and the OHL was cause I'd never played in it. And I was playing junior B, um, I went and watched you play for the Knights and you and Rick Nash were on the team. And I'm not joking, you had to have played in Kitchener that night. You had to have played over 40 minutes. Like, you literally only went to the bench when you decided to. And then you just, like, like I, you just went back on whenever you wanted.
1: I was playing a lot there, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I think that was probably earlier when I first got there. When I first got to London, wasn't a great, we weren't a great team. We, I think you're probably talking about the year Nasher was, it was in a, he was in his first year, he was 16. So we just got him first overall. Cause we were horrible the year before. Um, but yeah, I played a ton there. I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember it being like that, but when I talked to like the assistant GM and stuff like that from when I played, it was, yeah, there was, it was 35 to 40 minutes. that I just come off. Like I remember one game I played the last six, six minutes straight of the third period didn't come off. I yeah. do remember
0: that. Yeah, you must have uh, been in better shape than in your Woolwich days. Maybe that's why the dynasty fell apart because you just weren't in good enough shape back then. <laughs> I just made,
1: <laughs> maybe, I just made my partner do all the work and I just stood in front of the net until we got the puck and went on offense. Then I started playing.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, But so you were drafted by Buffalo and I know that you did not sign with them because I did get to go out with you the night you did sign. Um, So tell me how that all went down with not signing with Buffalo.
1: Um, All right. So I went to Buffalo's camp. It would have been after my 19 year old year. I was still eligible to come back for um, my overage year um we were at camp it was between it was basically the spot there was one spot available on the ahl team for that year and it was between me and nathan Page. uh we were kind of the same player but he was from the western league um and they offered us both kind of around the same contract and he took it and i did so he took his contract and i came back to london and played my overage year And then I signed with St. Louis as a free agent.
0: So you would have been a free agent that whole year you go back for your overage. Yeah,
1: because it's so the way it works is like when you get drafted, the team has a two years, I think it is to sign you. And if you don't get signed, um, then you go back in the draft as a 19 year old. But being I didn't get drafted in my draft year, I I just became a free agent. So that's why. That's why, for me, it was best not to accept that deal because I could play as an 08 and then try to sign with anybody where I think I could have got the same deal they offered me in
0: Buffalo. Right. And I remember you getting a good deal, so it ended up being with St. Louis because that was back, I guess, it would have been right before the lockout. So there were still signing bonuses, right? Yep, there were still signing bonuses. I mean,
1: <laughs> in the grand scheme of, in the grand scheme of signing bonuses, it was – nothing compared to what they used to get but it was pretty good for a undrafted or a well eighth round drafted overage player um yeah so i signed that contract when i was in i was in calgary at a summer camp and i signed in st louis after the first day of that friggin summer camp and then i just hopped on a plane and came home
0: um you know what we skipped over since we're already to this point what? was when you played for Canada, was that the only time you played for Canada was, uh, eight, 18 and under or under 18, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, that
0: was. So should we talk, we should talk about that. If you made team Canada, we should talk about that. We'll figure yeah. out where we were after. Let, how, how was that experience playing for your country?
1: Um, it was, re- yeah, it was really cool. It was, uh, you know, I think that, <laughs> That was when I was younger. I think that was after my underage year for, for uh, um, Sudbury. I was 17 years old. I um, hadn't really thought about it. And it made, made the team. It was really cool. We hopped on a plane. We flew over to, uh, where were we? Czech Republic, I think. And uh, man, there were some good players on that team. We had a really good team. Um, but we were staying in like, you should have seen the, the some of the hotels. The one hotel, the one hotel we were staying in, it was in, I think it was in Czech Republic.
0: Prague uh, or what?
1: No, no. <laughs> Under 18s do not play in Prague. They play in like some town you've never heard of. And uh, we were sitting there, we were on like I'm 17 years old. And we're we're on like the seventh floor. And I think like either right, I think right, right above us was like a red light floor. And then there was a strip club in the basement.
0: I know the places. Yeah. I, I lived in Europe for a lot of years. I've seen them. Yeah. So I'm
1: like 17 years old and we're, we're, we're lying in these beds. We're trying to sleep because we got a games moral or something. And the beds are, are like against each other's like foot to foot. And I'm sharing with a roommate and we're kind of, we're pretty big people. So like, our feet are like touching, which is kind of weird. I don't even know this guy. Right. <laughs> And i'm like okay this is strange and then there was just constantly stream all night of like heels coming in the room like five, 10 minutes of quiet heels going out heels coming back in the room and i'm just like what is going on and our one our one thing when we got there is you're not allowed to go down to the you can't go down to the seventh floor or you can't go down to the basement or you're kicked off the team and they'll send you home so we did that um and then, yeah, we played. I don't even, I can't remember if the tournament was in, in Czechoslovakia or if it was in Slovakia or where, where it was. I'm, I'm not, I can't remember what it was, but it was really cool. But Team Canada, obviously, um, I think we won. Uh, it was great, it was a good time. Oh. It's pretty cool to look back on the team that was there and, and the, the careers that a lot of those guys had.
0: Oh, I'm sure, like, yeah, you had played for Team Canada, the best of your age group. Yeah, it's going to be a team for sure, okay. So we were you just signing with St. Louis. So then I believe like right after you sign, then it's I because I remember it because I was in college. Um was uh the lockout, right?
1: Yep. The first my first year pro was uh that was oh four oh five, the full year lockout. So I played in Worcester, Massachusetts for the uh Worcester Ice Cats. Um a year
0: i have Uh, your bobblehead actually
1: yeah got a bobblehead that year that was good um made the all-star game it was pretty cool because the hl that year was really good that was your that was your first year pro too
0: no not mine um i was i actually didn't go pro because of that i went back to school really yeah
1: i thought you played that year
0: No, that was when I had had like a, I had just had a really big year where it's up for the Hobie Baker and then uh, the lockout was coming. So I didn't sign. I went back to school.
1: Oh, okay. I thought that was why, but anyways. Um, Yeah. It was really good that year because of the lockout. There was a ton of guys down playing in the A so played there for a year. And then the next year um, Worcester moved to Peoria
0: can i pump your tires for a second because i'm pretty sure i know this stat because i was i was when i was actually really paying attention because we were we were still working out and tight and everything was you um were like the leading scorer on your ahl team that year in a stacked league where all the any like any bubble guy two-way contract guys all in the ahl you led your team in scoring and were an all-star right
1: I don't remember if I led my team in scoring, but I was an all-star.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. Cause it was pretty weird as a defenseman.
1: I started the all-star game. That so that was, that was the big thing.
0: Right. And that's during uh, a lockout when like Spezza was in the league, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Spezza, Spezza played uh, Bergeron and Brad boys were in, they came down from, they had played in the NHL the year before. There was, there was tons of guys. Yeah, Binghamton was, was good because Fez and all those guys were down there. Chris Kelly, guys like that. It was a good league.
0: Yeah. So then the next year, you sorry, they switched teams to Peoria and then go yeah, ahead.
1: Peoria from Worcester. Um, and then I so I went to camp in St. Louis that year. Um, and then because because of the lockout, they changed all the rules, right? With all the hooking and the interference and all that stuff was gone. So they basically they cut. Everybody, the first cut, um, besides like maybe three guys or four guys that were young that they thought would make the team because they wanted all their older guys to play all the exhibition games so they could learn the new rules. So I got cut, like the first cut, went down, played 12 games with Peoria, give or take, I think it was 12, Um, and then got called up and played my first NHL game in Columbus.
0: How was that?
1: It was – it was really good. So
0: In Columbus, about, your first game's in Columbus.
1: My first game's in Columbus. So, obviously, not like Detroit, but it was good for me because it's Columbus, so you're not like – you're already nervous enough being at the NHL. So, it was kind of good that it was in Columbus at that time. There's not very many fans. They weren't that good. I, I,
0: I understand. That's when they were thinking of signing players like me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, – So when I got called up, um, the the head coach in Peoria was uh, Steve Plo. His dad was the GM in St. Louis, Larry Plo. So that the day before or that day, actually, I got called up. We had a video session in the morning at Morning Skate. And Larry or Steve Plo, the head coach, like, he laid into me in a, this video session. Cause I didn't, I guess I didn't play very good the night before he took me off the power play the night before, or like two days before that. he had taken me off the power, play. I wasn't on the power play anymore. Um, and he just was laying into me and waited did this whole video session and what just, just gave it to me. And I'm just like, what, like, what's this guy's deal. And then right after, like maybe five minutes after that meeting, after I just got like embarrassed in front of everybody calls me in the office come in the office and I'm like, oh my God, what is Like more, what does this guy want now? Sitting there and uh, he goes, you think I'm gonna rip into you again, eh? And I'm like, I don't know what you want. Like, what do you want? And he goes, well, I just got the call from St. Louis. Their power play sucks. They want you to go up and run their power play. And I, saw, like, I got to sit there and I was dying laughing because he had pulled me off the power play for three games and I got called up to NHL to run the power play in the NHL.
0: And the guy that had just ripped you apart had to yeah. uh, had to swallow it and say got a call from
1: his dad. His dad <laughs> called me up, and then so then the good part about that is now Steve is uh, he's he's somewhere in the management field for the Calgary Flames. So I I made sure I told everybody in Calgary about that story too. So they they all had a great laugh about about him, like all they were telling, like around, I think it was around traded line at the table or the draft table told that story and they're just reading there and loving it. So anyway, so that's how I got called up the NHL.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's a great story. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other two notes I got about St. Louis is uh, at one point you were telling me you were going to like live there forever. Cause you just loved it there, but I'm not asking about that. I wanted to know, like, what your first moment, like, in the NHL was like, like, because, yeah, when I went to the training camp in Columbus, which, like you said, it was just Columbus, like, there were some big stars. I think Sergei Fedorov was there, Rick Nash, but, like, you see those guys, and I was like, holy shit, like, I'm actually at an NHL training camp. Like, what was the moment when you were actually, like, playing in an NHL game, and you are like, holy shit, I'm in the NHL?
1: The, I don't know how long it was in. I don't know how long I had been there, but I vividly remember my first game at J, uh, Joe Lewis. I was like, I came out there for warm up at Joe Lewis Arena. And by the way, Joe Lewis Arena had the best ice in the NHL. The ice there was incredible. You get out there and you start wheeling around and you feel so fast and you're like, man, tonight's going to be a night. I feel good tonight. <laughs> And then you get up when you're doing your hot laps and you get up to the red line. And like, I felt like I stopped and I was just standing at the red line and I was like, shit, there's Nick Lindstrom. <laughs> oh, that's Chelios. Oh, hey, there goes Iserman. Oh, there's Draper. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to be a long night. And I got, I, I, I got dusted, but I was like, I'm sure I was minus a hundred that game. But I was just sitting there going like, Oh my gosh, look at this team. Like I don't I don't think Fedorov was there anymore. I think he was in Columbus at that point, but like Iserman, Shanahan, I don't know if Shanahan was Shanahan still there. Brett Hall? Hall, no, Hall was gone. I never played against Brett Hall. He was gone. Uh he I think I don't think he came back after the lockout. the year off for Brett Hall. Uh,
0: I can't believe you got to play against all those guys like
1: Yeah. I like <laughs> Freaking Chris Chelios, man, that guy, he, I've never been cross-checked in the ribs harder in my life than Chris Chelios got me in front of the net after the whistle. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what I was doing in front of the net, but I was down in front of the net. And he just cross-checked me in the ribs. I thought I broke my ribs, and I was so mad, and I got up. Like, I kind of got up. I wasn't going to do anything anyways because I'm, I'm not tough, but... I was going to posture a little bit and I saw it was Chelios, and I was just like, eh. and I just turned and I left <laughs> like that guy. Like he was, man, he was really good with the stick. Uh, um,
0: I would have to say though, um, is that I actually remember especially the start of your NHL career. And I remember it even in junior B when you're like 15 or 14 or however old you were. You did not mind fighting at all. Like, especially at the start of your NHL career, like you were, you fought.
1: No, I fought, but I would, there's no way I would ever fight Chris Jellions.
0: Well, no, I wouldn't want to punch him in the face. He's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, he's just
1: Yeah.
0: He, he is who he is. right? You he's can't punch guy. him in the face. You <laughs> kidding me?
1: That's a lose, lose
0: situation. Yeah. You don't want to punch him. <laughs> not a chance.
1: I yeah, know. I fought a little bit. I fought a little bit in junior B. Fought a little bit in, I fought a lot in minor hockey. Um,
0: I remember those bit.
1: nights. <laughs> I remember yeah. a couple of line brawls. Yeah, a little bit in junior B, not much. And then it kind of dwindled down. I think when I got to junior, um, my first year in junior, like my partner was uh, something to folk. can't remember his first name, but he was a big, big man. And I could just do whatever I want. And if anybody came anywhere near him, then he fought him. So that kind of it started to go down. And then, you know, my first my first couple of years in the NHL, I maybe had like five or six fights a year. And then it went yeah. down to like none.
0: Five or six fights a year. Like nowadays, you that that's like a heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, well, that was the first two years, and then it went down to like maybe one, two, three. Well, I,
0: I remember I remember you chucking knuckles.
1: used a little bit and then I got
0: to a point where I didn't feel like losing anymore so. Okay well aside from your fighting prowess um so you had that moment in St. Louis you also had another moment in St. Louis which actually a guy from work brought up today when I mentioned uh you were going to be on the podcast was uh because I have a signed photo from you uh as your uh shootout that TSN must have forgot about it now but it was on the TSN top 10 for at least a decade. You, the, Your shootout attempt there in St. Louis. Can you, you give me that replay? They haven't yeah. forgotten about it.
1: Okay. Well, the, the replay of that thing goes back to the night before.
0: Because oh, you, you weren't drinking, were you?
1: Yeah. All the guys from Omyra were in town. Oh, dear. Yeah. Stop it. The night before that? Yeah, they were all there. <laughs> that was during. It was during the guys' trip. All the boys from Omira were in town, so needless to say, I'm not like a, I was never a great guilty player, so I was kind of getting through it, getting through the game. And I remember before that, before that shootout, I was like, "We're in overtime," and I'm like, "I'm just trying to get through the game." I felt horrible, and I'm like, "Shootout comes," I'm like sitting at the end of the bench.
0: And I'd gone, I'd,
1: I was a regular, I'd shot every time, basically leading up to that point. So I kind of had a feeling I was going to go. I think I missed the one before, but I was like, I wouldn't, would not look at the coach because I was like, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. I don't want to go. And then I hear, why you going three or whatever. And I'm like, Oh God, all right. So I was going to go. And then, so I went and I was just like. So, you know, when you make a sharp cut and you kind of lose your feet a little bit, then usually you kind of give up and you just kind of like, you kind of catch yourself. You end up doing like a little spin or something, but you catch yourself. I was so focused on scoring that the whole time I was trying to like, I was not paying attention to my feet at all. And I was just still trying to score. And all of a sudden I was in the corner and I was like, oh shit, that doesn't look good.
0: Oh now it was that I remember being at Western Michigan and I'm watching like an NHL game on TV with the boys. I'm like, ah, here's my buddy. Yeah, he's he's going. And then you did that. I was like, oh dear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of those things.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure TSN's forgot about it now, right?
1: No. Nope. Well, as soon as the next person falls in the as soon as the next person falls on a shootout, then they do a, I'm the only guy in the world. That's like, I don't want another person to fall. <laughs> if no one falls I, why? I don't have to watch it again.
0: If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at?
1: <laughs> I can laugh at myself just for a decade. It's, it gets
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that would get old. Okay. So that was your time in St. Louis. Um, I guess I got one random question. I don't know. You played with so many people. I don't. How long can we talk? Like St. Louis. I think you played with Pronger, and then you get go to Boston, and you're like playing with Chara, Bergeron, and you know. So I didn't play with, I didn't play with
1: Pronger. Pronger got traded to
0: Edmonton that year. So you did not play with him.
1: No, Pronger got traded to Edmonton. That was the year the what is it? The Walton family was trying to sell St. Louis. The owners of Walmart or whatever trying to sell St. Louis, so they're unloading all their salary. They traded Pronger to
0: Edmonton, Edmonton when he played one year at Edmonton. Is that what happens to the power play? And then you get called up. Yeah, Pronger left. <laughs> well, good. That's great, eh? Well, <laughs> uh, he got traded. He got traded like in the lockout or the summer before the season even started. So I have never met Pronger. Oh, okay. Um, so then you get is you do go from St. Louis to Boston, right? Yes. Um and then uh, I, you played a little bit there. But then I remember when we were at your cottage and you you were dealing with the agents or you were getting like, they were like, they're coming in with this number and that number. And I remember it. It was I remember it because I was, I think I was like just in Germany making like, you know, a, a decent salary, like for the. You know, and you were talking numbers that were just crazy, right? In Boston. And that's when you really made it. Cause in St. Louis, you never had a big ticket, but Boston, you finally signed that big ticket, eh?
1: Yeah, St. Louis, I was still on my entry level. And then I came, I got traded to Boston. I think I played one year at like whatever it was, 600 or something like that. And then I think I played one more year. And it was like seven hundred on another one year deal. And then that year, I had a good that year. I had a good year, and then I signed uh, the four year deal um, after my second year there, or something like that. And yeah, I signed that contract at the cottage when you guys were all up there.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. I remember when it was going down. That was that was quite. We had a good time that night. I think the lake hurt us.
1: Yeah, I got the cottage. I got the I got that contract mailed to the cottage and I signed it officially signed it at like it was like 2:30 in the morning or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah right.
1: we signed it together at the kitchen table.
0: Yeah, we had we had a couple good evenings there.
1: Yeah. So I signed that and then I played what a couple of years there and then got traded to Florida.
0: Right. Um, well, I got one for you here we're, you were running the power play at Boston. I remember, um, you were the power play guy. Right. Uh, but what was it like playing with, give me something like, what was it like to play with either Char Bergeron or Lucic? Which one do you want to talk about? Any of them? Give me something. I mean, you can talk about anybody. Char, Char, I played what I played
1: a couple of years. I think he was my partner. I mean, the guys, everybody, I think everybody that listens to your podcast knows what Char is. He's like,
0: but like, yeah, that was like back when he was in he, his prime and he was your, your partner, yeah. right? So let's what was that like? He was
1: like, yeah, it was really good. It was, it was easy for me. All I did when I played in the D zone was I tried to get everybody to go over to Z side and then he would just kill them and then get the clock and then it would be over and I'd never have to play defense. Anytime he came to my side, I would just kind of angle them to get them over to his side, I didn't stop any plays. I didn't kill any plays. I just get him over yeah. to Z because then he would get the puck and then he would pass it and then we get to go play on.
0: So you you'd be closer to the boards, angling them to the middle of the ice to where he is. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, let's,
1: you guys should go that way. Go play on on Z side. He was like, this guy was a mutant man. Like he, however tall he is? He's like six eight or whatever he is. Um, the guy's like ripping out like thirty chin ups. Pull-ups, not chin-ups, pull-ups in the fitness testing. I, at like 200 and whatever, 40 pounds or something. you know how hard that is? It's ridiculous.
0: I, I do know how hard it is because I have a chin-up bar in the basement and the kids asked me to do one the other day. Did you get oh, one? well, I'll... I've been having shoulder issues.
1: <laughs> oh, right, right. I thought it was your knee, it's your shoulder too, right? Oh, uh, well,
0: no, I, I got really beat up in Europe.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, a lot of hitting over there. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> he was uh, yeah he was good. Bergeron was like when I played there. Bergeron, he was a little bit younger, super quiet, but just like every day came to work, did his job, like fantastic guy, real really really nice nice guy. Um, obviously, he's the captain now. He's he's just like a really. He just does everything right, and he was just a fantastic dude. Okay. Uh, Mark Savard was there too. He was really good. Mark Savard oh. was kind of like your style. He was, he was like, he was like you, but a little bit better.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Now he was a left-handed shot. Yeah. He was good. Um, he wasn't that similar to me, I don't think. I, but um, what was I gonna say? Um, I have no idea what I was gonna say um oh yeah i do remember now savard when you bring him up were yeah. you you were there in that you were playing in that game i think i was there watching it when that hit happened were were you not in that game
1: the cook hit yeah first one yeah i was on the ice
0: i thought i i remember watching the game at lisa's uh grandparents um yeah. and that hit happened and i almost threw up
1: yeah it happened right like it was behind it was I think it was right behind me. I just shot the pucker. he had just passed the puck to me. And then the hit happened behind me. Yeah. It was like that guy, there isn't a guy that's played in the league that I dislike more than that guy. He's done that to, he's done that more to more players than anybody else. In, like so dirty, so dirty. I, yeah, I, I'm not gonna get into that, but anyways. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so no, I you were in that game. Okay, yeah. well, I, I was also in the game. Scott Foster puked in the middle of the ice against Notre Dame. It was a memorable one too. Um, anyways, so now we got. When was it? When you were in Boston? Did you play in a winter classic when all the everybody from Elmira came again?
1: Yeah, yeah we uh, we played. Um, at Fenway Park, we played Philadelphia.
0: And you didn't fall in a shootout, though, when everybody from Elmira was there. You didn't fall in a shootout, at least that night.
1: No, that night we won in overtime. Hmm. So I, there was no shootout. At
0: that, t-
1: at that point in my career, I don't know if I took another shootout after that, after saying those, I don't think I did. I think that was it.
0: I wonder why. That's weird.
1: I don't know. I think my, I
0: think I was like three for five or three for six in my career or something like that. So not no, I,
1: you like were that. hot. I remember, it
0: right? Had <laughs> I remember when you were a shootout specialist, you were almost a UC Jokinen until that fall. Gosh, it darn was, it. I, I was trending towards that way. Right. I know. Okay. okay. So then you <laughs> let's get back on track. We got so much okay. to cover still. So winter Classic. yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Really cool um yeah what do you want to know about it
0: i don't know i just you did do that right that was awesome
1: yeah i did do that it was really
0: (laughs) awesome okay (laughs) the next question (laughs) okay next question so you went from boston to uh you said florida my next note was washington so i guess my fact finding team wasn't very good
1: i only played i only played florida with for like six months or something I, i got traded there in the summer um and then played till the trade deadline. I got traded to Washington. We didn't need to talk about Florida. It was uneventful. But so you, got, you got to go
0: to the rink and flip flops and stuff, though. That'd be cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be weird it's to like, stay focused. It's like in the middle of nowhere. It's not like Fort Lauderdale or Miami or anything. It's in Coral Springs. It's warm, though.
0: Okay. Okay, so then, okay, so then you go to watch. Okay, so playing for the Florida Panthers isn't that eventful. Well, let me tell you, playing for the Hell Falcons in the second league in Germany is less eventful than that. Okay, fair enough. I don't care if you, you only stay in t- Florida. <laughs> No, I don't want to talk about Florida. I want to talk about going to Washington and being the all star of the team when Alex Ovechkin and uh, Backstrom are on the team. How the f are you the all star of the team? What goes on there, Dennis? <laughs> there was an injury. I think uh, I think Ovi went that year, but I think Nick I think Nick Backstrom was hurt, so that's why I got it. No, you got it because you had a lot of points. I saw it.
1: I did have a lot of points, but I still wouldn't. I'm not like, I'm not like all-star type. They want the people that like do the commercials and stuff. I'm not doing any commercials. So I'm pretty sure Backstrom was hurt or Ovechstrom was hurt. So then they had to bring in another guy or something like that. So I I got to go. But yes, I was, at the time, I think I was fifth or sixth in D scoring in the league. And it also helped that a bunch of guys, uh, I think like Dowdy was hurt and a couple other top D-men were hurt in the league too. So, And they said they needed D-men. So I got to go.
0: Dude, do you know how cool it is like growing up watching the NHL and playing NHL 94 and all that, that like you were on an NHL all-star team? That is absolutely ridiculous.
1: It's pretty, it's, kind of, yeah, it's, it's pretty mind blowing when I, I mean, I don't
0: so to I think don't, of the fat kid that was on the Woolwich township minor novice team that his conditioning became a factor against Simcoe every series. Like. <laughs> <keepers>. <laughs> Isn't it Essex that used to beat us all the time? I don't, I thought it was Simcoe or so. I, oh. I, Essex might've came on later on when I had already bailed. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. When you when you think
1: about it, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I try to look back and try to think about that stuff all the time. And yeah, I made the All Star Game in the NHL. It's it's pretty, it's pretty. Uh, yep. Yeah. Pretty proud of that.
0: Yeah, you should be. You can. Uh, you can. You're allowed to uh, be. Uh proud of what you do on this because it's a podcast i know you don't do uh, commercials or anything but you're allowed to actually pump your own little tires here um on my podcast because it's if you don't do it on here when can you do it right um so you did play though so you're on the capitals and i've seen videos Ovi, he seems like the type of guy i would get along with and that i would like being teammates with is he what he is it what he it seems Yes, he's just a fun guy to be around, eh?
1: Yeah, like, um, yeah. Obi has a lot of fun. He was uh, everything that you see. Everything that everybody sees is kind of it's. He's not. It's not a game, or he's not like playing it up or whatever for the public opinion or whatever. He's just a guy that has a lot of fun. Um, he, I, it's not like we do that because Obi's obi has got like an entourage, like it, there's, there's Russians everywhere. He's always, he's got people living with them. And so when he's going out and doing whatever he's doing or whatever it is, it's mostly when I played there, it was mostly with his like entourage. So I never had like, I don't have any stories of Ovi. I never went out with him at all. Um, even so it was, but as far as like the hockey and all that stuff goes, He was always there, always having a blast and just obviously just scoring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I could see that. Um, The entourage and all that, they, it's a different lifestyle over there, what they've lived and what they've grown up with than us boys. And
1: then every city that you go into too, has like Russian clubs and like there's Russians everywhere. In like new york and the whole east coast and stuff like that so he's he was always and he's obi so he's like one of the most famous russians out there so he was always kind of dialed into all, all that stuff so i didn't get to see exactly what he all got into but um played cards with him on the plane so
0: well that's that's still cool because he's gonna uh, he's
1: not a great card player
0: he's not Mm-mm. No, you're pretty good, um, but I could still take you down at Euchre and the Calf in high school. So
1: That's because you guys cheated.
0: If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I never cheated. I didn't know how to do that. Um, actually, I do remember the people that actually cheated, but yeah. Um, okay, so off topic again. There, yeah. Dennis. Sorry. Um, okay. Um, I do remember you being tight, though. Uh, actually – I don't even know what to talk about. What do you want to talk about with the capitals? Anything else? Who's the coach? Uh,
1: when I first got there, it was Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, and is that coach? when you're an all-star? Uh, yes. Yeah. And then my last year there it was Dale Hunter.
0: Uh, okay. And he was from London? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Same coach you had from London. He's then you have him in the NHL.
1: Yeah. So well, you you know who Dale hunter is, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a pretty famous Washington Capital.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. That elbow that he elbowed somebody, right?
1: Pierre Turgeon mm-hmm. after he scored that 25 games or whatever he got.
0: Well, yeah. Imagine somebody doing that now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now they'd be kicked out of hockey, probably. Uh, but yeah, so I had I had Boudreau for a while. It was he was it was fun, man. Like that, that team we had in Washington had so much skill: Backstrom, Mike Green, Ovechkin, that uh, Alexi Semin was really good when he wanted to be. Um, Brooks Light, John Carlson, Carl Alsner, Roman Hamrlik. Yeah, we had a good team. Uh, we had a good team, but uh, obviously it didn't work with Austin. I think we lost in game seven in the second round every year uh, to the Rangers. Uh, But yeah, so that, and then Bruce got fired and then Hunts came in. I was pretty cool to have him come in there after having him in junior for whatever it was, three years or four years. And I think he lasted a year and then found out what the NHL is like to coach that and said, you know what, I don't really need this. I'm going to go back to junior. So then he left and then, um, and then I signed with
0: Calgary. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, so where are you at in life at that point? Um, Cause you had the big ticket. When all, Cause I remember when we're partying, when you signed the first big ticket, but then the next big ticket, like what's life like now? Or like, like person? are you, you negotiated yourself?
1: Well, no, I had an agent. Right. But I was doing that negotiating with my agent and with Calgary and agreeing on numbers um, while I was on my bachelor party in Nashville.
0: Mm. I was supposed to be there. And um, do you remember that? I had a German fella. Um, yeah, come... what happened? Um, I had a guy coming over from Germany that uh, was nice. staying with us. And I was like, well, they had like, uh, like they, there's this couple's coming to stay with us. And um, unless he comes and then I'm like, well, I don't know if he can afford to go to Nashville while he's already flying over to, to here. So uh, I never did get to come and it still pisses me off. <laughs> that
1: was a really, you missed a really good trip.
0: Oh, I'm sure I did.
1: That was really good. But yeah, so I, I agreed, I agreed to that contract on my bachelor party. So that was my two big contracts I signed. One was at 2.30 in the morning, and the other one was I uh, was on my bachelor party in, in Nashville. That's pretty good stories. Yeah. So, the, <laughs> yeah. And needless to say, I was, I mean, obviously I had my agents to help me, so I wasn't making these decisions completely out of my mind. But, um, yeah, I remember I was in Nashville. I was walking from one bar to the next, and uh, Jerome McGinley called me. To talk, to tell me about how what it was like in Calgary, or to talk to him about like what Calgary was like, what the organization was like, and all that stuff, and I was like, I was bar hopping. So <laughs> you can imagine how that conversation went. Must have went well because I ended up I ended up signing there. So it was a good conversation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> him and uh, actually, he was with my buddy. He was with my buddy that I played with uh, in Boston and I used to go see every summer, uh, Chuck Kobasu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was he
0: at go, your wedding?
1: Kobasu was at my wedding. Yeah. I used to go see him every year. I really like that guy. So, um, and he was living, he was like, he was also good friends with Iggy and they, uh, they were like neighbors in Vernon, uh, BC. So I was talking to both of them. Um, I, yeah, so it was good. It was, yeah, it was good. It worked out.
0: Um, yeah. So then you go there and I, th- is it, you sign a big ticket and, uh, obviously in Canada, maybe not Calgary as much as like Toronto, but you signed a ticket like that. At least nowadays, maybe it's not as bad back then, but you sign a ticket like that. You better produce, but you did. I wrote down, you had 56 points one year. That's a lot of points for a defenseman.
1: Yeah, that was the year that was the my second or third year there I think I had 50 i had 50 in uh, Boston with Zeke the one year
0: I don't know yeah maybe I just had the most I just wrote down the most was 56 I don't know my research yeah, team's year, not very good' I've been, I've, I've been busy
1: <laughs> that year I had 56 and that was uh, that was the year we made playoffs uh, when we weren't supposed to we were supposed to be like, it might have been two thousand fourteen.
0: So you're running the first power play, and then who's on with you?
1: Uh, would have been Monahan, Goudreau, Yuri Hudler, um, and I think Giordano, maybe Brody. Can't remember.
0: Really? Though they all really people play a long time in the NHL. Eh? those guys all still play there
1: yeah besides Brody he plays in Toronto
0: right but yeah that's like six years ago I wrote down wasn't it like 2014-15
1: yeah it would have been seven years ago six seven years ago Jeez. yeah they're still there it, would have, it was like Johnny it would have been John uh Goudreau's and Monaghan's like second year or first year
0: okay so you guys hit it off on the power play then
1: I don't remember what our power play numbers were, but I know we made the playoffs and we had no business in the playoffs. So it was that was a really, that was one of the funniest years that I had playing just because it was like, we were, we had no business, we had no business making the playoffs. And uh, we were in like a battle, like right from probably January, all-star break on, we were in a battle with the Kings who had just won like, what they won three cups in four years or something like that. Um, and it was like, every single game, you win a game, you're in the playoffs. You lose a game, you're out of the playoffs. And it was just like, all the way down to the wire. Um, and then like, Geo got, Geo got hurt that year, right at the, uh, either just after the trade deadline or right before the trade deadline. He tore his tricep in New Jersey. Um, and so we lost him, he was our best defenseman. So we lost him for the stretch drive, and then we were still, We made it and then it was like we freaking it was like we won the cup just to make the playoffs for that team. Just cause it was like, uh, it was our GM's first year, uh, first or second year true living there. And they were, everybody was just so pumped up because we had no business being in the playoffs. And then we beat LA in the second last game of the season. Whoever won that game was in the playoffs. And we, we beat LA at home. So it was really, that was, uh, that was fun. That was a good year.
0: Wow. geez, You like your stats are pretty impressive. Like realistically, you look like at, yeah, you must've been a good year. And I guess when you're having fun in a team like that, like that's when you play better, right. When you're having fun. Yeah. Obviously when
1: you're, when you're, uh, when you get in a situation where you're, you're having fun, you like you're getting along with everybody on your team, you have a tight group you like the coach or whatever, and you're getting played and getting played with the way it is. Everything's easier. And then we were winning and we're not supposed to be winning. Everything's easier when you're not supposed to be good. And then you're kind of being good because then everybody leaves you alone. Even if you have a couple bad games or you don't score for a bit, the, uh, like the media and stuff, they don't say anything because they're like, oh, well, these guys are supposed to suck anyways, but they're kind of good. So we're not going to say anything bad. When it gets hard is when you're supposed to be good and then you're not like – so you're not doing as good as they think you should. That's when, that's when everybody starts starts dumping on you, and then things get not as fun. No. So there to be an underdog.
0: No, I, I. That's the same in any league. The leagues I was in, like you go to Europe. There's teams that are supposed to win. Then there's teams that aren't supposed to win. If those teams that aren't supposed to win do anything good they look like heroes, but those teams that are supposed to be good, if they don't win, Holy moly, that the fans just lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who, I guess like, cause we literally on the podcast here, I'm at like, I got to be at what's this like the 21st episode. I've had one NHL game played so far. So this is, uh, this is making me a little bit too legitimate this this podcast here Dennis like so how do you count it is it regular season games or playoff games too how, how how does it work like if you're playing your thousands game is that just regular season games or is that playoffs too
1: just regular
0: is that right is that how they do it yeah so you played 815 games that's how they count it yeah the 55 playoff games would be way harder though eh
1: Way harder to plan,
0: yeah. Well, I think on your body, well, yeah, yeah,
1: a little bit harder, but I mean, it is harder. But you play playoff games, it's at the same time, it's not way more
0: fun, fun. yeah. It's what you want to do, yeah. It's what you want to do, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's what you wait all year to do, yeah, yeah. So, yeah,
1: I mean, if you think about like when you look at guys that have played. 15 1600 regular season games that's not including that some of those guys have played like a thousand playoff games like I think Linds- Lindstrom played like a thousand playoff games or something it was something it was something ridiculous like that like that guy played so much hockey because Detroit when he was there Detroit went to the finals every year basically yeah so, yeah
0: well dude like I I literally can't believe from, uh, you know, what you've done in your career from growing up with you from tight hockey. It's like when I see my kids starting hockey now and he's right into it. And, like, I he's he, he looks like he's got a pretty decent age group for around Concordia, which is only like a B-center, double B, or whatever we are. But who knows, with COVID, we don't even – play anybody but ourselves but um like it's just interesting to see like who he's becoming friends with and who he's be like because like me and you have been tight since tight hockey (laughs) right it's just life goes different directions like as soon as you get called up an age group to triple a then you do junior b a year before me then you do ohl and i do ncaa we just go different paths right that's
1: right yeah i mean it's life man
0: (laughs) yeah man and everybody's in different places now eh
1: then you come back and you go you go to king Cardin, and i'm here and then it's just like it is yeah it is what it is
0: yeah it is we are we're talking on your podcast pretty sweet (laughs) isn't it isn't it isn't it funny that we're doing this because i'm happy we're doing this man like it like this, I don't know, this is, I guess this is what it took for me to text you and be like, hey, dude, we haven't talked in a long time. Let's get together. And like, it's like, it, it's like we're back playing pitcher, batter, catcher when we're 22 years old. <laughs> did you ever win pitcher, batter, catcher? You kidding me? Won twice? Did you? Two time champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that with Lachner, but, uh, yeah. um, um, well, well, but did you win? I won the inaugural, the first one we had in my house. That's the second one, buddy.
1: Whatever. I didn't play the first one I played in.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I won the inaugural one.
1: <laughs> Where was the first <laughs> one? Basler's house? My house. Oh, your house. Oh, no wonder that didn't count. That little backyard. Where was the home run line, line?
0: We had dude. That's how things start. You start small and you get big. <laughs> oh. <Okay. laughs> That'll be all part of the story, okay? But uh, I have I have one. Um, well, um, he's going to be on after I circle back around to the sugar Kings, whenever that is, I don't know. There's a lot of teams, a lot of people to go to. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, well, dude, I, I can't thank you enough. I really hope though. Like one thing I was going to say with how hard it is for a lot of guys to leave hockey is how, how did you get into hockey so quick? Um, <clears throat> Yeah. So I
1: was, I'd been thinking about coaching the last like few years that I was playing. i kind of, I was like, Oh, maybe this is something I wouldn't mind doing like in junior or something like that at junior level. Um, I wouldn't mind doing it. So I was kind of just like thinking about it my last maybe two or three years I was playing in Calgary there. Um, and then I was, um, I was looking for a contract. I was still waiting for a contract. So I was skating with the Rangers. Um, and it was like September, October, I still didn't have a deal. And then November rolled around and the head coach of the Rangers at the time was Jay McKee, who I played with in St. Louis, the year that I got traded to Boston, he was there. So I knew him a little bit and I'd obviously been chatting with him when I skated with him. And then that year they had also fired their D coach, Matt Barnaby. So they had, they had just kind of, uh, they had a forward coach kind of filling in as the D coach. And he came up to me and he just asked me, it was like November. He's like, so what's going on with you? You're going to get a deal or anything? I'm like, oh man, I got nothing going. I don't, I don't know. He's like, thought about coaching. I'm like, yeah, I thought about it. He goes, do you want to coach? Like here? He's like, yeah, when need a D coach and he wants a defenseman to do it. Would you be interested? I said, yeah, sure. So literally I was skating with the team on Friday, full gear, like doing going through practice, trying to get a job, and then they left for a road trip that weekend. I met with Mac on that Friday, the GM here, uh, uh, Mike McKenzie, on that Friday, and then they came back. And Monday at practice, I was coaching in in a frigging uh, tracksuit. You so went from full gear, track suit. Yeah,
0: full gear to tracksuit.
1: Yeah, full gear in a tracksuit in two days. So then I I was just like kind of helping out with there, and I was watching games from above like in the box or whatever just kind of get the feel and I was coming down and being in the coach's office before games after games all that stuff and then I did that till I wasn't traveling with the team I did that till January and then in like end of January something like that I went I started going on the bench and so then I was just kind of standing on the bench kind of learning how to like get a read on line changes and like matching lines and all that stuff I did that for a couple weeks. And then I started running the D.
0: I, I think it's awesome how, cause there's so many guys that get lost for a while after hockey. Like you stayed in the game right from the start. Like you didn't even, you went from full gear to the track suit, just like that. There's not many guys that get to do that.
1: No, I got really lucky. It was, I got really, I, I mean, so lucky that it was like, first of all, it's right in my town I'm living in. Like, if I would have got offered a job in, uh, I don't Any, know, anywhere else, <laughs> area, anywhere that I couldn't drive back, back and forth in a day, like I'm not moving my family from here for a junior hockey job. Like when I basically been retired for a day. Yeah. So I just got. I just got really really lucky that that everything kind of worked out the way it did so and then I've been
0: now so now I've been doing it for like
1: three years or something like that
0: well I I think you'd be good at it because well like the other thing is is like for those kids to have like be skating with you where you where you're trying to get an NHL deal and they know the career you've had you're skating with them and then all of a sudden you're in a track suit as their coach, they're going to have a lot more respect for you than the average guy that just shows up. Right. I think they,
1: yeah, for sure. For the first, like the first year or two, they do because they remember, they were skating with you and and all that stuff. But you know how it is. Like, you get little teenagers that come up, they know everything about everything. They're the best player. Their parents and their agents have been telling them they're the best players ever. They're going to be like the next great thing. And they're like, they're like they they like, wouldn't even know who you are because you've been retired for like five years. You're like, who's it? Oh, you played in the NHL? Oh, good. Okay. Well, the game's changed. So I play the right way kind of thing. You know? <laughs> You're going to run into those guys. I mean, I was one of them. An NHL coach with, What do you know? You played like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to. You have to try to stay relevant for sure. You have to kind of try to. Is
0: that under- what the Benny the Jet shirt is trying to stay relevant? That tight shirt. You like um, this Benny the shirt, dude? Dude, you might have the tightest shirt on yet of any guest. I uh, Scott Foster. I, I guess it's the NHL guys. The NHL guys have tight shirts. The rest I of the guys.
1: Why we bought all our clothes. When we were still playing, mm. and then we didn't want to rebuy a whole ward. You look
0: like you could play again right now.
1: I don't know about that. This is a Barstool shirt, man.
0: Oh, is it? I don't, yeah.
1: yeah any of the Jet Rodriguez Barstool?
0: I don't know. I, I don't have any sponsors.
1: Um. <laughs> do I. I paid for this and I waited like months to get it. <laughs>
0: okay. I do have to ask you a question, actually, because. Like I know what happened because I've seen it, but are you allowed to talk about the whole ref thing or not?
1: Uh, like
0: what part? I don't know because can I just tell before I've ever talked to you about this? Can I just give you my rundown of what happened as a hockey player? Or sure. No? Yeah, like I mean, I can't really. Say, I
1: can't. I'm not. You just don't bit. say
0: anything. I've never talked to you about this in my life. I'm just going to tell you what I think happened. You get crushed. You're concussed. You don't know what's going on. And I've been in those situations where you're like, holy moly, I don't feel good. I really, really, really need to get to that bench. Like, like I need to get to that bench so bad. It's like when you're blacked out somewhere and you got to get home, right? You're like, I got to get to that bench you got crushed. You're like, I have to get to that bench. And you're going there. You're going towards it. You can't see, you can't see right. You can't see left. You're in an NHL game. And then all of a sudden there's somebody in front of you when you can't really see. And you put your arms up, the guy goes down. So then you go to the bench and I know you, Dennis, I know you since you were four years old they said, you better go to the room for the concussion protocol. And you said, I ain't concussed. I'm fine. I could play through anything. I'm a gosh darn Mennonite. I could do it. I'm fine. Leave me alone. And then you didn't have that as a backup, as a defense. And anyways, that's all I got to say, but I can see the whole thing happening and that, um, You were concussed, and you just needed to get to the bench, and the guy got in your way. But I don't know anything about that, but I've just been a hockey player, and I've been concussed on the ice, and I know what it's like, and you got to get to the bench, and it's like getting home.
1: Yeah, that was really well explained. I would say that's about exactly how it happened.
0: I, I mean, I don't know what you're allowed to say or not, but I'm a hockey player, and maybe there's a lot of media people in the world that haven't been concussed on the ice or fans um, that also perhaps haven't been blacked out somewhere and realize like there's a time in the night where you have to get home. Like it's time. <laughs> but maybe that's just Elmira. <laughs> I could, yeah, that, yeah. But
1: yeah, no, that's, that's, Yeah, that's basically, that's, yeah, that's exactly the way it was. It was, I mean, I, I, I've I've made my statements about what happened and, and all that. So that, yeah, that's exactly how it is. And it's really concussions and whatnot are obviously it's a part of the game. Everybody gets them, but it's really kind of a, a weird thing. Like you, you, you go through it and then you get them and then you don't really you don't really remember what you you don't remember what you forget until you see the video if you're lucky enough to see the video so you think you remember what happened and then you watch the video and you're like oh i don't remember that i don't remember that either oh i guess i that's not good so yeah but we'll, we'll not get into we'll, we won't get into that too much but yeah that's that's exactly how it is
0: yeah and i just I I didn't know what you could say. I just wanted like, and it was hard for me knowing you and being a hockey player and that people saying things they were saying. And I was like, do you not get it? Like you've never been there. You do not know what it's like when somebody absolutely lights you up and you have to get to that bench. But yeah, I've been there. I've been lit up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was a uh, it was a
1: tough uh, it was a tough year or two actually with everything. Everything kind of went. Yeah, There was a lot of stuff. I deleted social media after that. Never been on it again. So there was a lot of stuff that kind of went on. And for me, being from from where I am and who I am, um, it was hard for me to. It was hard for me to uh I know that I wouldn't be I wouldn't make that up and I would never do that to an official or a ref or anybody like that on purpose so to have people think that I would do that on purpose was was hard for me to swallow and it was something that I couldn't really deal with very well so um but yeah it was yeah it was kind of a shitty year or two and it was a real shitty way to end a career too
0: um I totally agree and I think that's why I had to bring it up like uh, is it it was shitty and i felt shitty for you when i wasn't even around you and i was like like there if you know Dennis he was never ever ever going to hit a linesman or a referee with anything about anything ever and like i know who you are i know where you're from and i know you'd never do it and it pissed me off and I can't imagine what it was like for you. Um, but I guess maybe I guess that's why I had to bring it up is because I just, I knew that. Yeah. It, it whatever. Right. But yeah. um, it sucks. That's the way it ended. But what's awesome is that you're still in the game and you're teaching these young kids how to be pros and, I, I hope you get to actually do it in person with all of them soon.
1: Yeah, looking forward to – it's been a long year, man. Obviously, it's been a long year for a lot of people, and there's a lot of shit going on. But, um, yeah, I can't wait to get back and get playing again and get back in the get back into the uh, team thing where you're in there and you're yucking up and chirping people and getting back into the swing of hockey. So I'm looking forward to getting that going again.
0: Well, and that's what this podcast has done for me is – Got me back into the the locker room, I guess, um, and that's what you're missing. So I just want to say thank you so much, buddy. Like I, it's been awesome to catch up with you. Um, I can't wait till you're at least around the Concord area. I'm back home, and we can have a couple beers.
1: Absolutely, man. This is uh, this has been great. It's uh, been a lot of fun. I hope this keeps going for you. Two oh. ales and hockey tales with Wally. Yeah, we may as well just trying to catch spit and chicklets, you know, a couple more years, man, you'll be there.
0: <laughs> I, I, um, well, maybe if we keep having guests on like you, we could be like, like the one B, but, um, I don't see that in my future. Um, you're the only NHL player. I actually really, truly know. Um, so I was really proud of you for everything you've done. Um, I think it's awesome. You have the, the, the cottage in Muskoka's, you have the place in Waterloo and you get to stay in the game, man. And you, as long as COVID ends and you get to keep teaching kids and being part of the game, like you'll be happy, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I don't get fired, you know?
0: <laughs> well, every coach gets fired, man. Literally that, every right? coach gets fired. I,
1: all I want is a lifetime contract to coach the kitchen. I don't have to move my family it, anywhere. And so just,
0: you do realize what you have to do that right? You have to stay the assistant coach. As soon as you become the head coach, it's over. Yeah, but that's, that's you know, you can do that. But then, but no, because the head coach. You think head coaches last forever? As soon as you become the head coach, you are done. Oh, for
1: sure you are, hundred percent. But you're you're not guaranteed as an assistant coach either, because head coaches head
0: coaches that come in they like to bring an assistant with them. Oh and yeah, you, they like the yeah no, they like to bring in their own guys, just like right. the just like the GMs and coaches like to bring in their own players. I used to be one of those guys that was like, oh, there's a new coach, he doesn't like me. Oh dear, oh look out! <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey. Yeah anything else you got to say before I shut this down? No, just thanks
1: for having me. And, uh, I wish you all the best with this podcasting, man. You're doing great.
0: Well, thanks buddy. I literally, I, our time through high school, our, our time through our twenties, you helping me become a pro when it was time. Um, no, man, we've been friends since we were three and, uh, life has gotten busy we all have kids and all that crap but like you got to make time for this stuff right absolutely i agree and that's why i got a podcast now so hey it's been a wonderful episode and now we got like we're almost to a thousand nhl games folks we just added uh like 815 more so boom we're at 816